Rooster Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome to episode 70. Man, that's hard to believe. Episode 70 of Rooster Tail Talk. It's the end of June, and we just got our first race in the books for the 2021 H1 season. If you weren't there in person, hopefully you got to watch Gunnersville on the live streaming by H1. It was on YouTube. And I saw a lot of people on the live stream. I saw a lot of people in the chat talking about the race. So it was awesome to see. And how awesome is it that we have one race in the books. And congratulations to J. Michael Kelly and Daryl Strong and everyone at Strong Racing on both eight and nine teams. They had a great weekend. Won the race over in Gunnersville. And I want to break down the race a little bit for Gunnersville, but we have another race this weekend over in Madison. We have the Gold Cup. So we're not only are we going to look back at the last race, we're going to look forward for the next one. So this is my 5-5 five to five for the Madison Gold Cup episode. And what that means, I'm going to give you my five takeaways from Gunnersville as we look back on the race that just got completed. And then I'm also going to give you my five wonderings for the Gold Cup happening this weekend. So before I talk about the Gold Cup, let's break down the Gunnersville race. Again, congratulations to J. Michael Kelly. They really, you know, I, <laughs> I, I hate to say that everyone's going to be using the puns. They look strong over there, right? And this is my number one takeaway, that the eight and nine teams, they're a real threat, right? They are a huge threat, and they are looking to be the top tier of the class in H1. They made some impressions over at Gunnersville. And I think really have a lot of other teams kind of uh, behind the eight ball. They're, they're a little behind with that. And I all I can say is the eight and the nine, both boats looked impressive. Now I talked about before how I kind of thought that the eight might be the number one boat and the nine would be their number two. And in the offseason, I talked to Daryl Strong, and he said he didn't want to have a number one and a number two boat. He wanted to have two great competitive boats that could go out there and win in any heat. And I think he's got the combination right now to do that. The number nine boat with Corey Peabody was the top qualifier. They, they ran a lap of 158.623 miles per hour on Saturday morning. Outdrove everyone in qualifying. And they actually... One Heat 1A over the U12 Ram Trucking with Andrew Tate and J. Michael Kelly in the 8 boat. As I was watching that, um, it was a great race, one of the better races of the weekend. But both the announcers on the H1 stream were shocked that the 9 won. They were in kind of in disbelief that they won that heat. And the 9, they won that heat on speed. That was speed alone that they won that heat. So that was an impressive win. I want to say that they had the, the Daryl Strong Racing had a perfect weekend. They did have a blotch in Heat 2B when Corey Peabody went to the rooster tail of Andrew Tate. I think it's one of those things where Corey's still getting used to his new boat. Had a little hiccup there coming out of the, out of the left-hand corner, went through Andrew's rooster tail. And luckily, he got the boat to land right side up and kept going. And had what appears to be just some cosmetic damage to the cowling and the wing. And they were able to finish the heat and get into the finals. And they were able to finish in one, two positions. So J. Michael Kelly got first in the eight. 
and Corey Peabody in the nine got second place. And after that race had completed, I had to think back. I'm kind of a pop culture guy, like watching a lot of movies and stuff, and all I could think about was Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby, and Cal Naughton Jr. I got a message for all of them, right? Shake and bake. What does that do? Does that blow your mind? That just happened. And shake and bake. And I feel like we're going to have a lot of shaking and baking this year from Strong Racing. And by the way, in the final heat, the winner did not have the fastest lap overall. Corey Peabody in the nine had the fastest lap, and I'm not sure which lap that was on, but he ran a lap of 151.980 miles per hour, faster than the winning boat. Just saying, these two boats are here to play. Number two of my takeaways from the race is parity. Looking at the field, it's a small field, right? There was only seven boats that entered into the race in Gunnersville. Six really competed. The 440, I don't think, made a heat. The 40 didn't start a heat until the final. So really, there wasn't a lot of boats there, but the parity is in the sport. Really, any one of these boats can make the case to win. I really could see the, the 1, the 9, the 8, the 12, the 40, the 11 having an opportunity to win this season. It was great to see the, the parity in the heats because Graham Trucking, they won a heat. Goodman Real Estate with Jeff Bernard, he won two different heats. He was nearly tied for, with points with Strong Racing going to the final heat. Both Strong Boats won a heat, and actually the eight won two preliminary heats. Only lost one to their sister ship with the nine. So really, a lot of different boats were able to win heats and do well and finish strong. You had the 11 didn't get a chance to win a heat, but they showed that they had some speed. They were able to keep up. I think it was in lane two or lane three in a couple heats there. They were able to keep up on the first lap or two with the lead boat. Um, and then what I assumed kind of stayed back a little bit to make sure they had a strong finish. Um, and they were aggressive on the start. Jamie Nielsen got in lane one a couple times. He did jump the gun in the final, but he did show that he's an aggressive driver. He's going to put his neck in there to do what it takes to win and get lane one from the other drivers. It was great seeing Andrew Tate run the 12, and he showed he could still win heat and perform well, although he did have that unfortunate incident in the final heat where he was disqualified for running into the, the safety zone before the start of the race. Take that away, we have parity. And I do want to mention that the 40 with Beacon Plumbing with Dave Vilwak, you know, he, he didn't really make, there were some unfortunate incidents, or there were some unfortunate mishaps with the boat not letting them get out onto the course in the heat racing, but it did show some speed in qualifying and testing in the mid 150s. So don't count out the 40 yet either. Number three of my takeaways is we're gonna get to enjoy some more cat and mouse games as the year progresses before the start of the heat. I saw a couple times where Tate was kind of playing, I don't know if you wanna say playing possum or playing cat and mouse with the other drivers out there, but he did get Peabody to get a one that penalty in one of the heats. Did some, some quite creative maneuvering to get lane one to get the inside lane. And he got the inside lane from several drivers. And actually, J. Michael Kelly, I don't believe J. Michael Kelly was able to start in lane one all weekend. And he's kind of known for getting that inside lane and kind of being the master of doing that. And some other people, Bernard, Nielsen, Tate, 
even Peabody, were able to get inside of him throughout the weekend multiple times and show some different strategies involved. And I'm really excited to see how that will show out in the Gold Cup in Madison, but also in Tri-Cities for the Columbia Cup. Number four is one team that I had some kind of doubts in entering Gunnersville, and not because of the boat or because of their drivers, but because of the situation that they're in. They really showed that they had things figured out. And I'm talking about the Miss Madison Racing Team. I had some concerns because there's two drivers sharing one seat. Jeff Bernard and Jimmy Shane are both sharing the Goodman Real Estate Presents the Miss Home Street Bank. They're running the old hull, but they're running the good equipment. And they showed that they are ready to race and they had things in line. Bernard qualified up there in the mid-150s, had some good laps and testing. Jeff Bernard actually won two of the heats. I believe Jimmy Shane finished second in the one heat that he entered. But Bernard, he was ready to go in the final. And if he wasn't one one-thousandth of a second too early on the start, he had, I thought he had that start wired. Unfortunately, it was called to be over. But we had a good run going in that final heat. And Bernard showed that that boat has some speed and is, is ready to, to take the win when the, when the opportunity presents itself. And by the way, in Sunday morning testing, Jimmy Shane did get some laps in with the boat. He did do a lap of 160 miles per hour, which was faster than the top qualifier, the nine. The nine was only able to do 158 and some change in qualifying. But Jimmy Shane was able to top 160 and was the only boat to do so throughout the entire weekend. I know I did make some predictions for Gunnersville, and I think I don't know if I got any of my predictions right. I did think there's gonna be three boats that would get over 160 miles per hour, but the Goodman Real Estate presents Miss Home Street Banks was the only one to do that, although it was in testing. All right, my fifth and final takeaway from the event, from the Southern Cup, was the final heat. Now, whether it was a good one or a bad one, we still got one, and I'm excited to have watched it. Unfortunately, I don't think that was the final heat that the fans were really ready for after waiting 21 months for racing to resume. Unfortunately, there was three boats that got penalized in the final heat. Now, I know guys were kind of overextending themselves and really pushing themselves to win. But because of the penalties, it was a little disappointing because we didn't have that deck-to-deck race, that close race that we had in some of those preliminary heats. Those preliminary heats, we had some of those heats that were deck-to-deck, and you didn't really know until the finish who was going to win. The final heat, unfortunately, wasn't like that. And for me, it was a little bit disappointing. I am super happy for J. Michael Kelly, and as well as, as Strong Racing. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm just saying it wasn't quite the, the final heat that the fans wanted. Unfortunately, Tate was disqualified when he went to the safety zone before the race started. So it was about three and a half minutes to go before the race could even start. He was out of it. Both Nielsen and the 11 and Bernard and the 1 jumped the gun. Would have been really interesting to see if the 1 and the 8, who would have won that because Bernard had the position and had the speed on the inside. I'm not saying he would have won, but I'm not saying the 8 would have won either. That would have been a fun race to have seen. But nonetheless, congratulations again to J. Michael Kelly and Strong Racing because they deserved that victory. They put a lot of effort, 
and time and money into their, their program in the extended offseason, and it really showed there in Gunnersville. Well, listeners, what did you think? Did you have more fun in that, watching that final heat than I did? Was that a great race? Did you love it? Let me know. Comment on social media. Send me emails. I love hearing from you. You can email me at roosterteltalk at gmail.com or follow me and comment on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just type in at Talk. We have a short week now. There's The Gold Cup is upon us. It's over in Madison, Indiana this year. Only a few days away. The boats are on their way. They're traveling there. Fortunately, I don't think there was boat teams that had major damage. I was concerned if one of the teams may have flipped or crashed, and the nine almost did that, but fortunately, they made it through rather unscathed, what could have been much worse. The teams are ready for a great Gold Cup weekend. Now, I have five different things I'm wondering about, and possibly you're wondering the same things as I am, but let's go through these as we look forward to the Gold Cup this weekend in Madison, Indiana. Number one, for my wonderings, is the H1 streaming services. I'm so happy to have had that. I'm glad it's back. There are some killer shots that they're doing right now. I love seeing the dockside shots of the boats, the drivers, the crew. But I love seeing the drone footage. There's some awesome footage of the boats racing. Some aerial shots, some shots of going on the front stretch, back stretch. Um, they did an awesome job with the video aspect of that. But with that, I got to say that there was some instances where you could tell that the streaming services were struggling a little bit. It's been almost two years. They're putting the package back together. And I'm hoping that they can kind of pull things together and work out the kinks so it's a little bit stronger for the Gold Cup this weekend. Uh, they were live streaming all the video on YouTube. Unfortunately, some of the times didn't they didn't start when they were, they were saying they would. They were... Sometimes they started a little early, sometimes they started 10, 15 minutes late. And there was times where the audio wasn't working or you heard only people in the background or people working behind the scenes. And there was choppy and legs. And a lot of people I saw on, on, the, on the comments and the chats, chat groups, uh, there was a lot of issues with leg and the choppy video and audio, uh, depending on what they were doing with their footage. I'm hoping that they can move past that miscommunication and those bugs to have a stronger stronger show in Madison. It'd be nice if they had a little bit more time talking and more interviews between the downtime. It seemed like they went straight to the heat and then they went off the air. It'd be loved. I know the fans on the message boards were really, rather confused and didn't really know what was going on in between heats. So hopefully they can have a broader package with that. But nonetheless, each one streaming services will be available on YouTube. Just type in H1 Unlimited, and you can listen to it and follow it there. Number two of my wonderings is the 40 Beacon Plumbing. Is this the weekend that we're going to see the return of Darth Vilwak? Now, last week in Gunnersville, it had to have been disappointing for Dave Vilwak, Kelly Stockland, and Bucketless Racing as they kind of struggled through the heats on their way to the final heat. I know they had some some gearbox issues. They had some air issues uh, for Dave. I th I'm hoping that they got the kinks worked out. And that weekend, I really thought we'd be hearing from the 11 team that phrase, new boat blues, and having the issues. But it was really the 40 team, which was a rather surprise. But I know that Vilwak wants to get another Gold Cup victory. 
as he can ascend into the record books to be not only the most winningest driver in the sport, but also winning the most Gold Cups in each one's history. Currently, Dave Lillock has 10 Gold Cup victories compared to Chip Hanauer's 11. If he's able to win it this weekend, he would tie the record for most Gold Cup victories by any single driver. I know that's on Dave's mind and he wants to do it. This could be the weekend that they break through and show their speed and show that they can win. It'd be the first victory for Kelly Stockland. I don't know if they can do it, but if there is a chance, I know they're gonna push it and do their best to win and get this Gold Cup victory for Dave Villock and Kelly Stockland. Number three on my Wonderings 4 this weekend is Madison is a different course. It's a two mile course compared to Gunnersville two and a half mile. A lot of the drivers and teams talk about Gunnersville being a really fast course. They have wide turns, two and a half miles, so it's another half mile longer. Madison has really long straightaways, but really narrow corners. And sometimes the chop coming off the corners can be pretty gnarly and hard for the drivers to really maintain and the high speeds there. We're not going to see as high of speeds as we saw and are used to from Gunnersville. Speeds are a little bit slower. And the teams are really going to have to change some of their setups. A lot of teams are going to run different gearbox packages. They're going to try some different prop combinations. They might change up their wings settings a little bit. It's going to be interesting to see how the teams adapt going from Gunnersville to Madison and really get the most out of their boats for this. Some of the teams have some great supplies and in backings to do this. I know Strong Racing has spent a lot of money in the offseason to really be able to run different packages and have backups. I'm looking at them at being really prepared as well as some other teams for this change in course. I just wonder what teams are going to struggle moving to this course and if they won't be able to perform as high as, as we are hoping that they will. Number four is are we going to have a clean final heat? Are we going to have a clean final heat this weekend without any penalties, without any any bumps? I don't know. The, I don't know if we can or I don't know if we will, I'll say. It's a gold cup. You know drivers are going to be pushing it to the edge. Uh, we saw last weekend three penalties, so half of the field in the final heat was penalized for either jumping the gun or going into a safety zone. I'm hoping some of the, those smaller penalties won't happen, but if they do, I'm hoping that H1 can give the penalties right away to the teams. I will applaud H1. It was nice having that final heat conclude, knowing who the victor was, right? Um, they told the gun jumpers pretty soon that they jumped the gun, it was under review, and that they were a lap down. And they told uh, Andrew Tate that he was disqualified right away. They didn't say, well, let's wait and review the footage later, because that could have really kind of played some havoc if he would have raced and then afterwards was stripped of his crown. So uh, that was nice that we did know the winner at the end. But I'm really hoping that we have a clean final heat and drivers can avoid some of those other penalties to have a, a really competitive final heat with some great deck-to-deck -deck racing. Will that happen? Time will tell, and we'll see this weekend. And finally, my last wondering, number five on my list, is J. Michael Kelly in the eight, the new king in town in H1? You've got one of the top racers in one of the fastest boats in the field. Can anyone dethrone him, or is he going to sweep the series this year? 
Now, as I said, that boat is a fast boat, and it showed some tremendous speeds when Elstrom was racing it on their, under the guitar, Elstrom, you know, Brito names. But unfortunately, they, they were not able to get a win with that boat. J. Michael Kelly is the first person to win with that boat, and Daryl Strong. So it was great to see them win there, but I think they're going to have many more to come. But I'm wondering in this short season if anyone's going to be able to dethrone him. Now I have one person in mind for this weekend that I'm going to say is going to be the dark horse to do this. Well, I shouldn't say one person. I'll say I have two people, but one team. Any guesses on who that's going to be? I am predicting that both Jeff Bernard and Jimmy Shane are going to put together a package because they're sharing seat time again this weekend. I'm predicting that they're going to put their package together and win this weekend in Madison, Indiana. They are running their number two boat, but they showed last weekend they're putting their good equipment in the hull and getting some great, good speed on that boat. I'm predicting that they will back up their last win back in 2019 and win this weekend. I think it's going to be a close race, but they're going to find a way to get inside of the eight in JMK and show some speed in that final heat to win this weekend. Either way it goes down, it's going to be a fun one to watch because we have some great parity in the sport. And it's really hard for me to, to pick one winner, but that's who I'm going with this weekend. Okay, listeners, do you agree with my take? Do you think Miss Madison, the Goodman Real Estate, presents Home Street Bank with Jeff Bernard and Jimmy Shane are going to win this weekend, win their Gold Cup? Do you think someone else is going to win it? Let me know. Comment on social media. And I'll do another poll on Wednesday to see who you think will win this weekend. Regardless, I hope you're able to be there in person. If you're not, please watch on, on YouTube, support each one, and look up their page. Type in H1 Unlimited on YouTube, and you can find their live streaming for the weekend. And this is going to be a great Gold Cup, and I can't wait to watch it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.